Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. And also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week I have a very special guest who needs no introduction, but she'll get one anyway. Uh, she is a good friend of mine. Please welcome Riley McCullough. Hello. Riley. So, li- listeners, we are diving into the topic of eating disorders today, and um, now this this is some pretty heavy stuff. So just be warned ahead of time. This could be. Um, a bit graphic. And before we get started, Riley, I'm going to read off some some facts and stats. Okay. From the ANAD. So just in general, uh, 30 million people uh, of all ages and genders suffer from an eating disorder in the United States. Um, every 62 minutes, at least one person dies as a direct result from an eating disorder. Um, 16, eating disorders can affect all races, genders, and ethnic groups, and 13% of women over the age of 50 engage in eating disorder behaviors, as well as having the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. So, I personally have no experience with this, but Riley definitely does. And uh, so, Riley, can you tell us a little bit about what your experience has been with um, with this? Yes, for sure. I um, it goes back a little bit during the summer of 2017 is really when it started, and I had um, just parted with my boyfriend at the time, and it was very difficult for me. Um, to kind of get over that. And so instead of like making my relationship, like instead of controlling my relationship, I guess I couldn't do that anymore. So I turned to food and I'd never really controlled food before. And so I first started out um, on the paleo diet and it was, it was honestly kind of fun at first. Like I would go to um, the grocery store and pick out different foods and vegetables and fish and it'd be fun. I'd go with my, my dad and it'd be really, really cool. But that soon turned very obsessive and like I would download calorie counting apps and it like my um, exercise just went through the roof and just very controlling. And so since I couldn't control my relationship anymore, I was controlling my food and what I ate and honestly what I didn't eat. And it was, uh, it was really tough. It kind of spiraled, uh, pretty fast and I didn't know what this was because I'd never really been in contact, uh, like with this before. Um, and no one talks about eating disorders. And so I, um, didn't know if this was normal or if it wasn't normal. And so, yeah, I, uh, I had what's called orthorexia and, 
Um, it's basic, not many people have heard of it, but it's basically um, when you over control what you're eating and you're obsessive over what you're eating. Um, so you count everything, you measure everything, you're just obsessed over clean eating um, and exercise to the fullest. And so once I figured that out, it was really, really tough to grasp because like I said, nobody talked about eating disorders and so I didn't know really where to go from there and I was comfortable. I was very comfortable where I was at. I was seeing a difference in my body. Um, I liked what I was seeing. I'd always been, um, I'd always had more weight than I wanted and so losing this weight was just, it was comforting to me and I got compliments from others and I enjoyed those compliments, even though they weren't coming from a great place, even though people didn't know what I was doing to lose that weight, it still felt good to me. Um, but after a while, I started seeing and feeling the repercussions of just what not eating does to your body. Um, and it was not fun. It was scary, very, very scary. And I realized that I needed help and um, I needed help fast. And so I went to my therapist, who I hadn't seen since sophomore year or so. So this was uh, this was beginning of senior year when this is all happening. So I hadn't seen her for a couple of years. And, um, and I sit down in her office, and she immediately just comments about my weight of how much I've lost. And I just immediately start, like, crying because it was, like, that was the exact reason of why... I was sitting in her office. Um, so we talked a lot about my eating habits, my exercise habits, and um, she was the first person I ever told, and so it was very, very hard. It was a really hard session. felt like five hours when it was just one hour, but um, going there from that, uh, I ended up realizing that I really needed help, that I couldn't do this on my own. Um, so I went to my doctor and from there I got a dietitian, and from there I got admitted into a eating disorder treatment center. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all got started. I'd say is just from a silly little clean eating diet, the paleo diet, um, which certain, which soon turned to just obsessing over everything I ate and um, when I exercised. So, like, I personally have not, I've never gone that far, but I've, like, never, like, I've always fallen into that, like, comparison trap of, you know, these guys look like this, I want to look like them. Am, what am I doing wrong? Is that kind of like the mentality that you had? Yeah, that's a lot like it. Um, not, I wouldn't say in the early stages because just in the early stages, I wanted to just try out this paleo thing and try out, just like see where this would go. But then as it started, um, as I started to lose weight, I then turned to like fitness models, I guess, on Instagram and saying like, oh, like, how can I get to that? Or what's my next goal weight? And once I got to that weight, like I just kept going. And so yeah, comparison was a huge thing. Um, 
once my eating disorder kind of progressed because uh, I, yeah, because I really just turned to others to kind of give me satisfaction, I guess. Is that where you think, like, it went too far? Like, you were just wanting approval from other people and by looking yeah I wanted approval for other from other people but I also wanted approval for myself I have always been hard on myself and like I said I've always had um I've always been heavier than I wanted to be and I have a thyroid problem and that kind of um that's kind of one of the effects of that and so I've never really felt beautiful or inclusive in that sense and so when I started seeing these changes, I wanted to prove to myself that like, Riley, like you can, like you can do this, you can lose weight. You can also show people um, that you, you can look healthy, whatever that means now looking back, like I don't even know what look healthy means, but you can look this certain way thin and be accepted by others and yourself. What has that looked like for you on the uh, on the other side of getting out of uh, that mentality, um, it's definitely been hard. Like I'd be lying to say if I look in the mirror and tell myself I'm beautiful every day. Like it's hard. It's very very hard. Um, but honestly, I've realized that every single person is beautiful like in their own ways um and it's honestly not the outside that really defines who we are it's what's on the inside and I love myself I love my personality I love my laugh and that's what I need to hold on to and it doesn't matter what's on the outside yes social media tells us that it matters and um magazines tell us that it matters tv tells us that the outside matters but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything it's what is on the inside that truly counts um and yes one day i hope that i can tell myself that i am beautiful and that i'm worth everything um in the world but right now i think what's helping me is just telling myself that i am worthy of um just accepting myself for what i have on the inside Now, Riley, I don't know how how much this will mean coming from me, but you are a great and amazing person, and I am proud of you for coming here and being able to not only tell me, but everyone else who's going to listen um, your story and what's been happening with that. So... If you get nothing else from today, just that I'm here to support you. Thank you. That honestly means a lot. And some days I feel so alone, like it's so hard to do this. But there's days like this also where you just connect with people and I connect with people on social media. And it's just, I don't know, it really opens my eyes that there is so much good out there. Yeah. And like social media is like a two-edged sword. So like. What you, what you said where it's like you have all these people who are like, you know, you got like the fitness pages over here who are all like, you know, this is what the ideal male body looks like. This is what the ideal female body looks like. But 
Then you have over here, like, I feel like mental health is probably coming more to the forefront now than it ever has. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast is because of how many people are becoming more concerned with how they are um, in their head as well as in their body. Yeah. So, and actually, Riley, if I'm not mistaken, you are part of that mental health movement yourself. Yes, I am. I uh, So going into treatment, I went to McCallum Eating Disorder Center. Saved my life, truly. I love that place so much. Um, but I was there for two months from 1 o'clock to... Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a long time. Um, from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock, like four hours. Um, and... Uh, the, when I when it was my first day at McCallum, I was scared to death, but I also wanted to be true to myself, and I wanted to really um, hear myself and not just be put in the motion of going to McCallum every day, talking to therapists and um, dietitians and my doctors and my team. I didn't want to be over-consumed by that, I guess, and so I made the decision the first day to make a private Instagram account. Um, I didn't follow anyone. Nobody followed me. And I honestly just journaled every day and I posted those journals every day. Um, and it was very, very, very helpful for me to just at the end of the day, yes, I was so, so tired, but I could come to this Instagram account, the silly Instagram account, and just spill my thoughts and feelings of what I did throughout the day um, and kind of like what I was what I was feeling and I had no intention on making it public but throughout um, the course of my time at McCallum I was talking to my therapist Stephanie and I was basically just saying how like there's no there's no communication out there about eating disorders there's like nobody's talking about it nobody is um, like, it's, it's just scary for people, which I understand. Like, before all this happened, like, I was scared of it, too. And so I was kind of telling her about this. And she had also known about the Instagram because I told her kind of that way of um, releasing my thoughts of it at the end of the day. And she said, like, Riley, what if you just make that public, like, when you leave McCallum? What if you do that? And at the time, it was so scary to me because, like, there's no way I could help others. There's no way I could speak to others in the in the way that they need or the way that I th thought that I could. Um, but just after a lot of praying and after a lot of sessions with Stephanie, I um, decided to make that Instagram public on my discharge day. So two, about two, two or two and a half months after um, I got admitted into McCallum, I, it was my last day. And I made it public and it was so scary. It was so, so scary. Um, I didn't know how people would react because at that time my family knew and three of my friends knew, four of my friends, um, and that's it. And so making this public would mean that the whole school would know, like even more family members would know, um, my other friends would know. But honestly, since then, I can truly say that it's one of the best decisions I've ever made because 
yes, Strength of My Fire, my Instagram account, is for other people. But also, I probably would not be here today without Strength of My Fire. I would have relapsed not once, not twice, maybe three times. Like, the people on Strength of My Fire have kept me accountable, have um, reached out to me when I've said I've been having a bad day. They've brought me meals when they can tell I've been silent on Strength by Fire. Um, yeah, and I hope that I can be a light towards others just like everyone is a light towards me through this time. And I, I say that I had a similar experience starting this podcast. It was partially uh, born out of my own anxiety and wanting people to have a place that they can come to, but also as a way for me to talk about these serious topics with other people who have gone through them. And that's that's kind of my my mission statement is to have people who have gone through all of these things to be able to share their stories with the world. Yeah, I really love that. And I think it's scary um, just starting it, but it's so, so rewarding. And I think even now it's rewarding um, with like just thinking about how many people will be touched by this podcast with your words, with my words, and just the ones to come. Um, it's so, so cool to think about. Yeah, and Rayleigh, I don't know if you've listened to any other episodes, but in the very first episode, I dedicated that one to my mom because my mom has been such a great influence on me and taking care of my mental health and being able to um, being able to give that sort of help to other people is another another reason that I wanted to start this because not everybody has that in their life. Not everybody's family understands that people are messed up and they need a way to to get through it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Um. So is um. From what I've been able to gather, this is still an uphill battle for you. Is that, am I still correct on that? Uh, yeah, relapse is definitely a real thing. I, when I was in McCallum, talking with Stephanie, talking with Ellie, my dietitian, like, um, they told me that um, this would be very hard to like 100% overcome and at the time, I said, no, I got it. Like, when I get discharged from here, it's going to be great. Um, recovery is going to be smooth. I don't know why I thought that, but uh, it's definitely been very hard. I have been in recovery for almost um, two years, which is so hard to believe. It'll be two years in about three or four months. Um, but not to say that those these two years have been hard. Um, they've been very hard. And even this past summer, I came home and just all of my eating disorder thoughts and behaviors like started creeping back in. 
and I made um, a long video about it on Stranded by Fire, but basically what I was saying in that video is that what I figured out this past summer is that um, the original environment, you, you can't recover in the original environment that originally made you sick, if that makes sense. Um, and what I said basically is that when I figured that out, it was kind of hard because of course, like I don't want home to be that place that I think of that is where my eating disorder developed. Um, but yeah, I mean, this isn't, uh, I mean this, I hate to say it, but it's a hard battle that, um, has not completely stopped and it's hard every day like it's hard today it's hard tomorrow but there are good days and there I can see the light at the end of the tunnel um it's just a matter of getting there and I know it will come but um till then you just have to keep pushing forward now Riley you you've done something really interesting can you tell me about the power of naming your fear Yes, good old Ed. Ed is my eating disorder, and um, I don't know what originally... That's a really good question. I've never thought about this. Um, I don't know what originally made or wanted me to name my eating disorder. Uh, maybe just a sense of... Wow, I'm stumped. I don't know. I... That's a, I need to think about that. That's a really good question. Um, but yeah, so, so basically I call my eating disorder Ed and Ed will come in some days. Um, and maybe honestly, it's just a way of controlling that, of controlling it, having like a, thinking of it as like a physical person rather than just like a thought, honestly. Um, because sometimes thoughts are just, I want to push them away and they're not real. But I mean, this is definitely very real, this problem. And so maybe it's in that sense that I want it to be more at the forefront and um, more, yeah. I don't know if you have any insight on that. That's a really good question. No, that's actually something that that I personally have struggled with because like my I think I got the long end of the stick as far as anxiety goes because some people like they just can't function because they're afraid of either other people or like going somewhere they don't know or something like that but I have been fortunate enough to where I can be out in the world and have friends and be able to have a job and be able to go to school so I guess maybe it's a pride thing that I felt like I didn't really need to name my fear and the reason I asked you was because like I just don't I just don't know like what that's like as a coping mechanism yeah um I don't know if it's definitely if it's necessarily a coping mechanism I think it's more of um I guess being in control of something that controls you 
I think Ed tries to control me, but naming him is a way to control him and say, like, Ed, you don't have control over me, rather than just saying this eating disorder has no control over me. It sounds really silly, but maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a matter of controlling what's trying to control you. So, like, giving it a name versus viewing it as a thing, is that what helped? Yeah. It, uh, or at least it does right now. It definitely could change. Um, but, yeah, I'd say I still want to think about that more. Um, maybe get back to you because, I mean, I think that's really important also for me to kind of figure out because I'd never really um, – really drawn attention to that but yeah I think it does need to um have attention just because I mean it is something big that could give me some answers to something I'm surprised I stumped you to be honest yeah I mean I've never <laughs> I've never thought about that I've just thought of like Ed like oh like Ed comes in my day sometimes but I never really honestly like gone back to the day that I named him or gone back to the day where I felt like I need to name my eating disorder. So it's really interesting. I just thought that was intentional. No, I don't. Yeah, this is weird. Okay, I'm going to think about this. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Riley, we are um, pretty close to time. So... Um, I'm going to start doing a little bit of, uh, wrap up here. So thank you once again, listeners for listening to true stories of a tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin and on Twitter at etphonehome. The O's are zeros and the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at true stories pod. Riley, where can we find you? You can find me on my recovery account on Instagram, strengthened by fire. Um, and yeah, that's where you will get hopefully some um, inspiration, hopefully some recovery posts that will help you if you're in an eating disorder. If you're not in an eating disorder or in recovery, you'll just find love and support from everyone um, that is on that platform. Yeah, and listeners, I cannot stress enough how much Riley has been a light in my life over these past four years just because of the the stuff that she's put out there. So I would highly, highly recommend that you check out her stuff. She puts a lot of time and effort and love into it. All that being said, I'll be back with more stories next week. This is Ethan Hewlin signing off. <laughs>